You are now listening to Accidental Intrigue, tales of travel and mystery, written by Kent Babin and narrated by Remington Cooney. Episode Ten. An Endgame in Karakapakistan, Part Two, Autumn, 2012. Ivanov and Amir stared at each other from across the marble chessboard. The last time they had squared off was in 1991, just prior to the event that had changed both their lives. They were seated on the ground floor of the famed Nukus Museum of Art. A call had been made to close the museum off to the public. While the two men rekindled a rivalry that spanned at least fifty matches, Volker had ensured that neither man could remember who had won more often. Do you remember our first match in Belgrade, if I am not mistaken? Ivanov nodded. Nineteen eighty-three, after the assassination of Turkish ambassador, we were sent there on a KGB fact-finding mission. As I recall. You wouldn't keep your mouth shut about how great you were at chess. I had to shut it for you. Except you lost and spent the next nine years trying to make up for it. Amir swallowed the bitter memory. He had played black then. He was playing white this time. He moved his pawn e4 to start the game. The king's pawn opening. How original! Tell that to Bobby Fischer. Ivanov grunted and moved his pawn c5. You never could resist the Sicilian defense, could you, Constantine? Tell me you have something more creative in mind than the Nidorf variation. It worked for Kasparov. Amir resisted reminding Ivanov that he was no Gary Kasparov, then moved his knight nf3. Ivanov countered with his queen's pawn to d6. Your predictability will be your undoing, Constantine, and your arrogance will be yours. Despite the late autumn chill. The temperature in Nukus had risen considerably after the two men had agreed to play chess for the future of Central Asia. If Ivanov won, Amir agreed to be arrested on charges of espionage against the Uzbek state. If Amir won, Ivanov would help Amir stage a coup d'état in Tajikistan. A draw would ensure the status quo, but with an immediate end to、uh, interpersonal hostilities. As far as Central Asia was concerned, the stakes couldn't be higher. Gary's immediate reaction had been one of shock: two Cold War relics battling it out in a game of chess, a Soviet pissing contest, more like. What he had been less clear about was his own fate. Both sides had their own reasons to see him as expendable. Hans, on the other hand, knew he had to put his full weight behind Ivanov. Although he wasn't thrilled about the idea of having to take the lesser of two evils, 
A win by Amir would mean certain death. At least with Ivanov, there was a shred of hope that he could return to Stuttgart at some point. Both he and Gary now found themselves on the second floor of the art museum, leaning on the railing and looking down at the two players. The B&D agents were nearby, chatting amongst themselves. Do you understand what is going on down there? Not a clue, bro. Why don't we ask Wolfgang? He looks like a chess player. Wrong, Mr. Van Jarsveld. I myself am a checkers player. Well, that makes two of us. Yeah, I play chess. Gary looked at Arnie. <laughs> Are you serious, bro? You? The malevolence was crystal clear in Arnie's grunted reply. Then can you tell us what the hell is going on down there? Ugh, they both play like shit. A more eloquent observer would have noted that Ivanov had butchered his Sicilian defense and was now doing damage control, all while trying to make it look like he had everything in hand. Amir, for his part, had missed two chances to force his opponent into giving up his queen. You remind me of that traitor, Osip Bernstein, playing chess for your life. You're right, Constantine. I am playing for my life. But, if you remember, Osip won his match. Ossip Bernstein was somewhat of a legend in chess circles. As the story went, he was arrested by the Bolsheviks in 1918 in Odessa for counter-revolutionary activities and sentenced to death by firing squad. While standing on the firing line, a commanding officer and a fellow chess enthusiast happened to recognize Bernstein's name in the list of the condemned and called a halt to the execution. He then challenged Bernstein to a game of chess. If the prisoner won, he would be set free, and if he drew or lost, he would be shot. Amir moved a bishop to g5. Check, Constantine. You better be careful. Ivanov clenched his jaw as he surveyed the board. What's wrong? You can't find a way out? Quiet, Amir. Ivanov moved his pawn f6 to block Amir's bishop. Amir chuckled. You think that will help, Constantine? I'm beginning to think you will like life in the new Tajikistan. You and Gorbachev. So many ideas, so little execution. Tell me, how long have you been working on that dam? At least we have rivers to dam. Perhaps I should put Mr. Bergman to work damming the Sir Daria. Can give Kujan the same fate as Atlantis. Amir considered his next move. He developed his rooks nicely, but now was not the time to deploy them. Why are we fighting, Constantine? Because you're funding Karakapakistani independence. I fund a lot of independence movements. Don't take it personally. You hired a spy to do your dirty work. In my country, how I cannot take it personally. You're still mad about Tbilisi, aren't you, Constantine? Even after all these years. 
Amir, please. We've been over this many times. Tbilisi, Amir had to admit, had not been his proudest moment. Ivanov turned to his adjutant. I'm thirsty. Bring us two cups of tea. Out of the corner of his eye, Gary saw the B&D agents wander off. He looked at Hans. The German seemed mesmerized by what was going on down below. His father's voice echoed in his mind's ear. Whatever those snakes are up to, son, you best go and find out. It's true what they say, yeah? You can't ever trust the German spook to make your breakfast. Why on earth would you trust these two snakes? Heeding his father's advice, he crept slowly in the direction of the B&D snakes so as not to disturb Hans. He found them in a small break room near the toilet. Arnie was mixing two clear liquids together. Two empty teacups sat next to an electric kettle. What the hell are you up to? Wolfgang turned in surprise. Did no one ever teach you to keep your nose out of things that don't concern you? Gary ignored this. I'll tell you what it looks like, yeah? It looks like you two want to poison one of those bastards. And I'll bet it's Amir. Wrong again, Mr. Van Jarsveld. You mean to tell me that you're going to poison Ivanov? What the hell did he do to you? Colonel Ivanov knows too much. It's time we put him to bed. Jesus Christ, you two. You can't just assassinate him in his own country. Wrong. We can and we will. I should add that we will not hesitate to take care of anyone that gets in our way. Is that a threat? <laughs> you tell us, Herr van Jarsveld. Gary turned and walked quickly back to where Hans was standing. He tapped the German on the shoulder. My God, you scared me. Listen up, yeah? Your two B&D friends are going to kill Ivanov. What, what are you talking about? They are friends with Colonel Ivanov. That's what I thought. But those snakes have other ideas. Then we must stop them. If Ivanov dies, I'll never get back to Stuttgart. They walked back to the break room. Tea had been poured, and now Arnie was using an eyedropper to dose the teacups with the clear liquid. What are you doing? You can't kill Colonel Ivanov. Wolfgang turned his gaze to Gary. Now look what you've done. Hey, don't look at me. It's you two snakes that are causing the problems. You must kill Amir. He is the dangerous one. What would you know about danger, Herr Bergmann? I know that the last few months have been like walking a tightrope between two very tall buildings. I wasn't made for this business. I'm just a hydroelectric engineer. Wolfgang considered this. You make a persuasive case, Herr Bergman. I, I, I do? He does? Think about it, Arne. Amir isn't on our side. In fact, he already thinks we are on the colonel's side. So, if he wins, where does that leave us? Yes, exactly. It is better for all of us if Amir dies. Speak for yourself, yeah? 
Ivanov will turn me into Biltong if he gets the chance. We can manage the colonel, Mr. Van Jarsveld. In any case, it's three against one. Is the cup ready, Arne? Yeah, Wolfgang. Wolfgang picked up the tray. Good. Hans, will you do the honors? Ivanov leaned back in his chair. Amir surveyed the board. Ivanov had done well to get himself out of a tight spot. Barring a catastrophic lapse in judgment, the game was headed for a draw. You remind me of that old chess joke Kasparov used to tell. Amir waited. He'd heard the joke a thousand times. People come across a man playing chess against his dog in the park. What a clever dog, they say. But the man does not agree. No, no, he isn't that clever. I'm leading by three games to one. You were always too confident, Constantine. You know the game is lost, but still you talk. Amir, please, don't say hop before you jump. Their attention was distracted by Hans making his way towards them. Hello, Hans. Ah, uh, yeah, hi, hi, Amir. Hans set the tray down and handed each man his teacup. Thank you, Mr. Bergman. Both men put sugar cubes in their teacups before taking a sip. Your move, Constantine. Ivanov tugged at his collar. Y yes, yes, one minute. I, I... Constantine? Amir turned to look at Hans. What have you done, Hans? Ivanov's bulging eyes were now staring at Hans. I, I, I don't know. It, it was meant for you. Oh, what have I done? Hans knew his life as he knew it was over the moment Ivanov's head hit the table. He'd been tricked, and now he was going to pay the price for it. Within moments, a swarm of security service personnel had him in handcuffs and were guiding him out of the museum. In one final moment of panic, he looked up to where Gary was standing and shouted, Can you please tell my mother that I love her? Gary looked down on the scene below with dismay. He had just watched Hans being dragged out by a squad of Ivanov's men. A few remained but didn't seem to be paying attention to the second floor. Strangely, Amir just sat there as if nothing had happened. Gary turned to the B&D snakes. What the hell have you done? Oh, quit your whining, Mr. Van Jarsveld. Do you really think that we are going to do what Hans wanted? But you literally just guaranteed him a life in prison. He'll probably be boiled alive. Arnie shrugged. Better him than us. Are you serious, bro? I think what my partner is trying to say is that you either eat or be eaten in this business. Hans was what we like to call a useful idiot. 
useful idiots have been sacrificing themselves for the greater good throughout history. Bloody hell! So this is what real espionage looks like, huh? Mm-hmm. It's not for the weak. A commotion down below grabbed their attention. Well then, that looks like our cue to leave. Are you coming with us, Mr. van Jarsveld? Or have you not yet grown out of your diapers? Amir watched as the man he knew as Ruslan came storming into the museum along with a handful of his best men. He had to admit he was a bit surprised that Ivanov's men had so far left him alone. Either they didn't know who he was, or Ivanov had given them explicit instructions not to touch him in case something happened. Why did you take so long? I'm not used to all this vigilante stuff. We're a peaceful independence movement. Amir shook his head. You should know better. There is no such thing as a peaceful independence movement. So, so what? The snake Ivanov is dead. Yes, it seems his own people turned against him. You can't fool me that easily. What did you do? Amir's phone rang. He picked up, listened, and then hung up. Listen. I won't be going back to Tajikistan, ever, and the Uzbek police are on their way to arrest me. Well, then we better get you out of here. Can you get me out of the country? Ruslan nodded. We have people that can get you to Kazakhstan. After that, it's up to you. Good. But what does this mean for the future of Karakapakstan? It means, Ruslan that now is your chance to make your move. I will make one final cash donation before I leave you. I would also advise you to evaluate the people around you. I am convinced you have a mole. It's time you took care of it. As it turned out, the B&D snakes knew exactly how to get out of the art museum undetected. They also had a car waiting for them in the alleyway. Gary was beginning to understand that he could learn a few things from these two snakes. Arnie drove cautiously through the city, not wanting to draw any attention. The immediate area around the museum was now swarming with police. Their destination was an old military airstrip a short drive from Nukus, where a private jet was waiting for them. They screeched to a halt next to the stairs. Not ten seconds after they had taken their seats, the door was closed, and they were taxiing into position for takeoff. When they were airborne and they cleared Uzbek airspace, Gary finally had a chance to catch his breath. Hey, can I ask you a question? Wolfgang nodded. Who the hell are you guys, really? All in good time, Mr. van Jarsveld. But first, we need you to give us a bit of a hand. 
You need my help. Doing what exactly? Wolfgang stared out the window at the Caspian Sea below. Have you ever been to Montenegro? You have been listening to Accidental Intrigue, Tales of Travel and Mystery, written by Kent Babin and narrated by Remington Cooney.